Thanks for joining us today on the Parkway Fellowship Podcast. Enjoy today's message from Pastor Mike McGowan. So glad you're here today. I'm telling you, when I got this morning and I went outside, my first thought was, I would have made a terrible pilgrim. Like, I would have died the first winter. Like, I wouldn't have made it. Like, there's just no way. So anyway, so I'm thankful uh, that, to be able to get inside. Um, listen, so glad you're here today. Today, we're continuing with our All In Message series. Actually, we're wrapping it up today. And if you've been here for all three weeks of this series, then at the end of the day, you're going to have the opportunity to join officially Parkway Fellowship without having to take our membership class because the stuff that we're covering in this series is the majority of the things we cover in the membership class. So you'll have a chance to do that at the end of today. Now, if you haven't been here all three weeks or if you're new to the park, the benefit of this whole series for you is that you're getting a chance to, to peek behind the curtain a little bit so that you can see what the heart of this church is really all about. And so far in this series, we've talked about small groups, we've talked about giving, and today we're going to turn our attention to talking about serving and inviting. Okay, so let me um, tell you a little bit about myself. Um, Long before I was a pastor, okay, like way before I was a pastor, God was already already preparing me to serve him, but I just didn't know it. For instance, um, the high school that I went to, like, Speech and debate at my high school was actually a cool thing to get involved in, okay? Like, I know some high schools, like, speech and debate is not cool, but, like, at my high school, like, it was cool, right? There is a chance that I was a little bit on the nerdy side and it wasn't cool and I just thought it was cool. That, that's a possibility, but honestly, I truly believe that it was actually a cool thing at my school, okay? So anyway, so I, I thought it was cool. And so that was something that, that I did. I did speech and debate in, in high school, and... I have become convinced (laughs) that it was out of God's kindness and goodness to me because he knew what he wanted me to do with my life. And so he put me in high school where speech and debate was cool, you know, or at least I thought it was cool, because he wanted me to get involved in it because he was preparing me to serve him. I just didn't know it at the time. And you know what? I think about all of us. In our lives, God has given each of us different kinds of experiences, some good, some bad, some spiritual, some unspiritual. He's given us all sorts of experiences because God has been preparing each of us to serve him in some capacity. And I don't know what that capacity is, but, but you understand, whatever that capacity is, Everything is important. Every service to God is important. One is not more important than the other. Some might be more in front of people. Some might be more behind the scenes and some in between. But every service to God matters. And God's preparing you and preparing me to serve him. And maybe you didn't even know it. But he's using your past experiences and the things that you've been through in this life to get you ready. And and today he's just waiting for you to respond to his invitation to serve him. Now, you might be thinking, oh, come on, Pastor Mike, I mean, seriously? I don't have anything to offer God. I I, I can't do what you do. I can't get up in front of a bunch of people. I don't have any talents. I don't really have any, you know, big skills. I I mean, 
I don't have anything that God could use. All I've had in my life is just lots of hurt and lots of painful experiences. So I don't even think I've got anything that I could use. And plus, I came to church because I need God to fix me. Like, there's, I don't even have anything to offer anybody. And by the way, I'm already so busy. I'm already overcommitted. I mean, I don't even have time to serve God. Every single one of those statements is a lie from the devil to try to get you to a place where you miss out on God's plan for your life. The devil would like more than anything for you to miss out on serving God and the joy that comes from serving God. Because part of God's plan for your life is that he wants to use your experiences and the things that you've been through in life to accomplish his purposes in this world. And here's a deeper truth. I want you to write this down. When you pour yourself out, God fills you up. Now, you might think, oh my gosh, I don't have time to do anything with God. Now, I, I just, all I do is just give, 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 give. The, the truth is, when you serve God, when you pour yourself out, God's the one that fills you up. Now, it might seem like, well, but if I, Mike, if I just commit to one more thing, and I, all I do is I give, and I give, and I give, and I give, and I give, like, it's just going to drain me. That's true in most areas of life, but it's not true in serving God. Now, I'm not saying that you might not get tired at times, but it's a, it's a rewarding and fulfilling kind of tired because you are allowing God to use you to accomplish his purposes in this world. And it's an exciting, incredible thing. But look, don't take my word for it. Take God's word for it. Look what God says. Plot your message notes if you haven't done that already. Look, what, look at this verse first. Look what God says to us in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. It says this. God has given each of you, and I want to circle each of you. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well. Circle, use them well to serve one another. This verse means that he's given each of you, every, every single person listening today, every single per- person in this room, God has given you something that he wants to use in this world to accomplish his purposes. And God says, Use them well to serve other people. In different terms, I want you to write this down. My, and this is your fill-in. My past experiences and my current passions are the biggest indicators of how God can use me. That my past experiences and my current passions are the biggest indicators of how God can use me. For me, like my past experience of being in speech and debate. That's my experience. But man, my passion... it's when I see people, you know, get it spiritually. Like when I see the light bulb come on and I see that, you know, they have, they, they just all of a sudden see that God loves them and God has a plan for their life and they allow Jesus to come into their life and they begin to make changes, you know, because they get it. I'm like, I mean, that just gets me juice, right? I mean, that gets me, more, that gets me more excited than anything else. And so God uses my past experience and he uses my passion for his purposes in how I serve him. And the very same thing is true of you. Whatever your experiences are and whatever your passions are, God will use that for you to serve him. So I've got two questions for you. 
Question number one is this, is what experiences have you had that God could use in a spiritual way? I mean, think about it. What experiences have you had that God could use in a spiritual way? And those experiences um, could be anything. They might be positive experiences. They might be painful experiences. They might be preparing experiences. They might be professional experiences. But what experiences have you had in your life that God might could use in a spiritual way? And a lot of times God does use painful experiences because sometimes it's the person that's been an alcoholic that's the ideal person to help other people that are struggling with alcoholism. The person that's been abused is the ideal person to help people who are being abused. So God very well could use some very painful experiences for his purposes to help other people. The second question you've got to answer is this. Is what passion do you have that God could use in a spiritual way? What passion do you have? I'm going to let that just sit on you for a second. And I want you to think. And get, give yourself an answer. What passion do you have that God might could use in a spiritual way? So I'm telling you, God's got a plan. He wants to use you. And he wants to use your experiences. And he wants to use your passions. Now, when we get to the end of the day, I'm going to give you an opportunity to help identify how God might use those experiences and passions, okay? So I want you to hang that until the end, but we will get to that at the end. But this, here's the second thing that God says about serving him. It's in Romans chapter 12, verse 5. Here's the second thing that God says. He says this, says, so in Christ, we who are many form one body. And I want you to underline the rest of this. And each member belongs to all the others. And each member belongs to all the others. I love this verse because essentially what it means, and, and this, this, is, this would be in our um, language, write this down. Number two is this. As a part of a church, I have an obligation to the other people in the church. Essentially, that's what it means. That as a part of a church, I have an obligation to the other people in the church. Because each of us belong to each other. So essentially what that means is that I have certain gifts, talents, skills, passions, and abilities, and God wants me, God wants to use me in this church to help other people grow in Christ. In the very same way, you have certain gifts, talents, skills, personality, passions, and abilities, and God wants to use you to help me and other people grow closer to Christ. And here's the thing. If we aren't both involved in this church, then in a very real way, we cheat each other. Because each of us, in a very spiritual way, belongs to one another. We have a mutual obligation to each other. And so we have to use our gifts, talents, skills, and abilities. Because look, here's the deal. If all we do is take you know, and, and, we, and we never give back, that's outside God's plans for your life. That's outside how God wants a church to function. Because God's plan for a church is that each of us helps each of us grow closer to Christ. I mean, 
it, it's amazing to go to a church where literally everybody is there and everybody is trying to serve one another and help one another because we're all trying to grow closer to Christ. And it's not draining, it's filling, it's rewarding. It might be tiring at times, but oh, I'm telling you, it's that rewarding, fulfilling kind of tiring. It's, it's a great thing. Because here's the deal. In a very real way, each of us belongs to one another. And so we can't just sit and take. We have to give. We have to be a part. Because that's part of God's plan for us, okay? Now, there's a third thing that God says about serving. And that's in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Check it out. Here's what he says. For we are God's workmanship. That means that God, that we're a work in progress, all of us, and God's working on us, and he's building us into the people he wants us to be, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, and I want you to underline this part, which God prepared in advance. Good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. You know what this means? Pretty much exactly what it says it means. It means this, that before I was born, God planned good deeds designed just for me to do. Before I was born, God planned good deeds designed just for me, just uniquely for me to do. That's true. God has a plan to use you to do good things in this world, and now God's waiting for you just to simply say, okay, God, I'm ready. Use me. Would you be willing to let God use you? Because look, here's the thing. <clears throat> God's already given you experiences, okay? He, is, he already knows the commitments that you've already made. Like, he gets that. He has also created you with the personality and the heart and the likes and the dislikes that you already have. God, God's, God uses all that. He takes all that into account because he knew all that was going to happen. And so he has taken all that into account, and he has already designed and mapped out good deeds for you to do in this life, taking into account everything that you are and everything that you'd be committed to. He's got that already mapped out. And part of you growing to spiritual maturity is saying, okay, God, I'm in. Use me. And here's the thing. If you don't, then that portion of your life will be left undone. And I'm convinced that that is part of the reason why some people in this world feel so empty inside. Because there's a part of their life that God has set aside and he wants them to accomplish and it will, it will be so rewarding and it'll fill them up. But if they, if they leave it undone and they never get involved, then it leaves them empty inside. Look, I, I don't want that for you. I don't, I don't want that for anybody. So my biggest suggestion to you today is get involved. Get, a, get involved somewhere. Do anything. Like if, if kids ministry is your thing, you feel like maybe God's leading you to helping kids ministry. There's tons of things that you can do. Like you don't have to just teach. And yes, we do have like teaching roles for like large groups. We have some teaching roles for small groups. But you can also do data entry. You can help be a greeter and walk parents and kids to their class. Um, you can run video and sound tech equipment. You can build stage props. There's so many things that you can do in kids ministry. Kids ministry is so much more than just, you know, taking someone and locking them in the room of three-year-olds and, you know, close the door behind them and say, hey, see you in an hour, right? I would never do that to kids, right? 
Or maybe, maybe youth ministers your thing. Maybe like do what teenagers your thing. And there's tons of ways to serve in, with teenagers. Like you can be a table leader and lead discussions. You can lead small group. You can even serve in their band. You can do video and tech there as well. Um, you can be a greeter and help greet parents and welcome new kids for the, when it's their very first Sunday. There's so many things you can do in kids and teenage, with teenagers. And if, if you don't even know, then you can serve with adults. And there's so many things you can do with adults, too. You can be a greeter. You can be an usher. You can be on a communion team. You can be on a prayer team. You can help run video and sound equipment. Um, you could work with hospitality. You work out in guest services. You can volunteer in so many places at the church. There's so many things that you can do. But look, just do something. Get involved somewhere. It's part of God's plan for your life. Now, look, if you have no idea where you're going to get involved, and you're like, oh, there's so many options, I have no clue what to pick. We can help you. We have created a six-question BuzzFeed quiz that you can take on your phone. And it will return to you at the end of it the top, you know, two, three, maybe four areas of the church that we think you'd be a good fit based on your answers, okay? Now, look, it's not scientific, okay? It's a BuzzFeed, all right? <laughs> but it's a suggestion of where to get started. Now, look, I'm not going to give you the ability to take that quiz right now. Because if I did, you're not going to pay attention to anything I want to say for the next 10 minutes. All right? You're, you're, you're checked out. So at the end of today, I'm going to give you a chance to do that. All right? But I want to turn our attention now to another topic. A topic that is so incredibly important for all of us. Not just as a, ch as a church member, but as a Christ follower. Because one of the most important things I can ever do as a Christian is to tell other people about Jesus and invite them to come to hear about Jesus. So I want to talk about inviting here for just a second. Because here's the thing. Here's what you got to understand. I'll write this down. Christianity has always spread by people telling other people how Jesus has changed their lives. That, that's how it's always been done. That's how, that's how Christianity exploded in the first century. This is how thousands of people became Christ followers in one day because people who had their lives changed by Jesus, they went home and they told their family or they told people that they worked with or they told um, their neighbors, they told friends about Jesus and what they'd done and they brought them to hear the apostles teach about Christ and literally thousands of people would commit to become Christ followers and they would have their lives changed and then it would spread exponentially just like that. And here's the deal. God's plan to reach the world hadn't changed. It's still the exact same. His plan is to use you and to use me as a living testimony of who Jesus is and how he can change our lives and how he can change theirs. And we become that testimony about Jesus. And let me put it like this. The way I live is the best banner for Jesus anyone will ever see. The way I live is the best banner for Jesus than anybody will ever see. Look, this is why at this church we put such a heavy emphasis on changed behavior. This is why at the end of every service, like you, there's a connection card and there's commitments that you can make on the back to change how you live. Because look, not only does it make your life better, but it helps people see God changing your life. Because when people see God changing your life, you know what that does for people? It gives them hope. It gives them hope that their life can change too. It gives them hope that their life doesn't have to stay on the track that it's on. 
It gives them hope that there's a God out there who's real and literally can change lives because they could see it in you, and so maybe it could happen for them. It gives them hope that their life doesn't have to just keep going like it's going, that there's, a, there's something better out there for them, and maybe it's Christ. It gives people hope. So, in order for that to happen, they got to see Jesus in us, and we got to tell them about Christ, and we got to invite them so they can hear about Christ. So, I want to give you some easy ways that God can use each of us to reach other people for Christ, okay? Here's the first way. Write this one down, okay? Use invite cards regularly, especially for a big message series. Use invite cards regularly, especially for a big message series. Now, um, in your seat, there's a pack of five invite cards to our message series that kicks off next week. It's called Love Handles, okay? Yep, that's what it's called. It's called Love Handles because, it, it, look, this is not specifically a marriage series, okay? Although it will absolutely help marriages. It's to help us in every relationship get a grip on that relationship and help that relationship becoming, become more loving, more kind, just more life-giving. And yes, that will happen in marriages, but it will also happen for, you know, dating relationships, engagements. It will happen with um, parents to kids, kids back to parents, to coworkers, to, you know, maybe even that friend that, you know, you used to be close, but, you know, for whatever reason, you've fallen away. It will help us get a handle on how to make each of those relationships more loving and more kind and more life-giving. I'm telling you, it's going to be a great series. And get this, my wife, Amy, is going to be teaching that series with me. So she'll be on stage with me each week that I teach, and she'll be co-teaching with me. So, and look, she's a licensed professional Christian counselor. Like, she's amazing. She's brilliant. And so the insights that she's going to bring, and honestly, just the beauty she's going to bring to the stage is going to be awesome. Like, you're going to love it. So make sure that you're here. It's going to be fantastic. It kicks off next Sunday. And look, but use those invite cards. And, and we have invite cards that are generic, too, and those are out of guest service. You can pick those up anytime. Because here's what I found, that whenever I use an invite card to invite somebody to come, it, it gives them the details that they're going to forget, right? It gives them the website, the service times, the location. It gives them all the details they're going to forget. Because here's what an invite card does for my, my, my invitation. It makes my invitation stronger and longer-lasting. So use the five invite cards and invite five people to come. It kicks off next Sunday. Okay, all right. Uh, here's the second easy thing that I can do is this, number two. Use social media to invite people to the park. Use social media to invite people to the park. Look what the Bible says. In Romans chapter 1, verse 16, it says, For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes. You know, here's, here's the thing. Some people, for whatever reason, they're a little shy about posting things about God or about Jesus or about church on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, which, by the way, I think is kind of weird because people will post about the burrito they ate last night, right? <laughs> but they won't post about Jesus. I mean, they'll post about a burrito that's kind of stuck with them for the last 12 hours, but they won't post about Jesus who's changed their life for eternity. Like, Anybody see the disconnect there, right? Look, here's the deal. The devil has used social media to his advantage for far too long. It's time for us to start using it for God's purposes. 
And so start using it, you know, for whatever reason. And if, you know, use electronics at all. Because look, here's the deal. In the first century, the first Christians, they didn't have social media. They didn't even have electricity, okay? They didn't have snail mail, much less email. So use these sorts of things to your advantage and invite people, even if it's just through a text or even just through a personal message. And look, and I'll even say this, whatever I post publicly or even what the church posts publicly, look, take those images that we post and share them, post them, repost them, copy them, paste them, claim them as your own. I mean, I don't really care, but you can capture those images and you can use them on whatever social media platform you're the most comfortable with and use them to just help get the message out there so we can invite more people to come to hear about Christ, okay? All right, we got time for one more. Here it is. I need to pray for people I'm inviting. Pray for people that I'm inviting. Here's what I've found. That people that I'm wanting to invite to church, if I will pray for them by name, they are much more prone to be open to responding to that invitation if I pray for them ahead of time. For instance... And I'm not going to tell you their names because I promised them that I wouldn't use their names. A number of months ago, last year, I was uh, praying for a couple um, that they would be open to an invitation to come to the park. And, so, and I prayed for them for months, specifically by name. And uh, sure enough, we, you know, last fall we had that, that Get to Know You, na- that, that Won't You Be My Neighbor series. Remember that series? Great series, by the way. If you, if you missed it, go back and catch it on the net. So good. Um, but I really felt like God wanted me to invite them to come to that series. And I can be honest, you like, I was a little nervous, right? I mean, you, know, you get nervous when you invite people sometimes. I was a little nervous about it because, you know, I didn't know how they were going to respond. Um, so anyway, I, you know, I, I was at a place, and, you know, sure enough, they were there. And uh, the husband was over here talking to some people, and I just, so I, I walked over, you know, to the wife, and I had my invite card, and I said, hey, you know, we're kicking off this thing at our church next week. You know what? And I just really want to invite you and the hubs to come. And so I handed her the invite card. And so she took it, and she looked at her husband, and she, you know, kind of waved him over, and he came over. And they said to me, they said, you know what? We've been talking about how we need to start getting around people who are more positive in life. In fact, who even mentioned that maybe we ought to start going to church? And so you know what? I think we'll come. Y'all, and they did. It was awesome. I was so pumped when they showed up. I was, I was, so, I was so excited. And they've been coming consistently now for five months. It's been awesome. I mean, it's been so exciting to see the change that God's ready. Okay, yeah, give them a hand. Give them a hand. Look, but here's the thing. It all started with prayer because I started praying for them. And here's what I found, that when I pray for people in advance, God begins to turn over events and things in their life and turns over the soil of their heart to where they're more open to my invitation to come than they, than they would have been without it. And even if they say no, I think that God uses it to plant a seed that will you know, yield a harvest sometime in the future. You know, but let God do that. But pray for people. And before you invite them to come. So here's what I want you to do. In your worship notes, there's five blanks for you to start praying for people. So what I want you to do right now, 
I'm going to give you one minute to do this. I want you to write down the names of five people who don't regularly attend church anywhere that you're going to invite to come to the Love Handle series. You're going to start praying for them, and you're going to invite them to come. And if you look, you're not going to turn this in, so just use it. And if you just need to use initials because you're like, I don't know, maybe they're down the road from you. I mean, I don't really know. But just use initials, you know, whatever, name. But I want you right now, put, write down the names of five people that you're going to pray for, and you're going to invite to come. I'm going to give you one minute. Do that right now. All right, you shouldn't be anybody looking at me. You should be doing that, like, right now. So, like, do that right now. You got four, yeah, one minute, go. All right, write them down. Five people that you're going to pray for and you're going to invite to church. All right, you know, even if you didn't finish, you, you just write down those people's names, finish up that list before we finish today. But look, let me wrap it up by saying this. I'll tell you, God loves you. He loves you so much. He loves you so much that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross for you, just you. And if you're already a Christian, like you know that. You've experienced that. But if you're not a Christ follower yet, Jesus died for you. And he died on a cross so that his death could provide forgiveness for all of your sin. So if you've never received that forgiveness, the way you do that is by praying a prayer, asking Jesus to come into your life to forgive you and then commit to follow him. If you've never done that and you're ready, there's a prayer in your message notes. I want you to take a second. I want you to pray that prayer right now. And look, catch this. If you've already prayed that prayer at some point in the past, here's what I want you to do. I want you to snap a picture of that prayer. Or I want you to cut it out with a pair of scissors and stick it in your wallet. That way, whenever you're talking to somebody about Jesus, you're talking to somebody about God, and maybe they want to become a Christ follower too, then you've got that prayer handy so that you can help guide them to praying that prayer too. So snap a picture or cut it out. Because here's the deal. Not only does God want to use your hands to serve him here in this church, but God also wants to use your feet to go out and tell people about Jesus and invite them to come hear about Jesus. Look at this last Bible verse. In Romans chapter 10, verse 14. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? This is why the scriptures say, How beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. May that be you. Bow your head and close your eyes. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you so much for how 
you have already designed so many experiences in our lives and you've created us with so much passion and, and what we like and don't like because your desire is for us to serve you. So I ask that you would help each of us to find how you want us to serve you. And we do it with all our heart. And you would use all of us to reach out to people who don't know you, who are far from you, or for whatever reason are separated from you and, or maybe have been angry at you for years, maybe even decades. And so that we can show them a new way of life. And that we would, by how we live, be a living testimony, a banner for how you change us, little by little, one step at a time. And people would see those changes and be inspired to hear more about you, Jesus. And I ask that you would especially hear our prayers as we pray for people. And they would be open to our invitations to come to the Love Handle series over the next couple weeks. So do all this in us and through us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks again for listening to this message. You can find more information about Parkway Fellowship by visiting our website, parkwayfellowship.com. And be sure to download our mobile app for previous message series, video content, and much more.